0: Welcome to the Depth Chart Podcast. My name is Freddie Maggard. I'm joined by Nick Roush in Louisville. Nick, how are you doing, man?
1: Uh, you know what? You're a sight for sore eyes, Freddie. You got, I, I like the Steelers hat you got on, and you yeah. also. So that's different. And there's also you yeah. got you're you're you haven't shaved in a while i think this might be the closest thing to not clean shade like you're always ready to go i know i know uh
0: yeah the new me how about that or uh or i'm too lazy is more the answer but yeah i i have uh i made two new purchases nick oh And, and one of them is a game changer okay uh first i went to lids i get it Unpaid uh advertisement in Fayette Mall, who give a great military discount, by the way. But anyway, uh, you know, after after the draft, I go get hats for the guys from Kentucky that have been drafted. And, or in this case, I got a Steelers hat or one of my hats for mm-hmm. uh, Boogie Watson. So uh I got a new Steelers hat, right? Nice. I'm very, very very proud of. It's mm-hmm. nice, and it? I mean you can't see it's a podcast, but right. just got the Steelers logo on it, mm-hmm. which is simple. Uh and then I bought uh, how you say it? earpods? Airpods, yeah. Airpods, yeah. Air- Airpods, yeah. Airpods, yeah. And talking about a game changer. Am I screaming right now? No, no. You sound fine. Uh, Cause I got the I got the uh, the new generation of, of oh, Airpods.
1: You got the fancy ones.
0: Yeah, the noise cancel. Can- I can't say that word. Counseling. canceling, canceling. Can- cancel. Yeah, I got the noise cancel earpods so uh if i'm screaming i'm sorry but man they're a game changing
1: they're yeah, awesome i, I don't uh, have to
0: worry about that cord anymore
1: well and what so i got some and when i say i got some my wife got some when she bought a new computer it was like a, oh you got a computer here's a here's a little complimentary deal and what's nice freddie is that you kind of forget they're in for a little while so like if i'm doing chores around the house you just have them in you can turn them on just by tapping the thing and turn them off and and then you'll get like the, the only thing is you're gonna have somebody call you one time and it's gonna scare the crap out of you because it's gonna be right in your ear and you're not
0: gonna <laughs> you're not gonna expect it yeah I, absolutely and you know with with this, this thing man i you know if anything to help keep me active i'll get them because i like to walk i've been down a little bit I, my hips killing me for some reason i guess the thousand hits that i took but Mm -hmm. uh, um man these pods are are game changers i love them man i can you know like you said i put them in clean house workout just whatever and i don't have that cord so yeah i'm moving i'm slightly you look look excited yeah i'm excited man
1: you're like giddy it's you you were the kid that just got to pick out the (laughs) the ice cream from the ice cream man you know Yeah, yeah right
0: now I'm serious, man. These things fire me up because, uh, you know, I, I, I've lost – I can't tell you how many pairs of those ones that you plug into your phone and how many of those I've lost. So, yeah. No, don't She's, lose uh, Don't lose these. Yeah, right? No, no. But but if you lose them, there's a way to track where they are. It's what I hear. I don't know mm-hmm. how to do it Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, my <laughs> new purchase is, uh, has got me fired up. Uh, lost a coach to Michigan. Yeah. Steve Cleanscale goes to Michigan. Nick, I didn't know. Not fired know. up about that. No, no, me neither. But here's the deal with that. Um, you know, Clink's a good guy. He's a great guy. Uh, I know Clink. Uh, I, I think the world of him and his family. If this is this this is the decision that he wants, and uh, you know, I'm I'm all for him. I support him 100 and wish him nothing but the very best of Michigan. Uh, but if you take a step back and look at it. Uh, for him, I, I, most likely the 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 money is, is a little better at Michigan. I don't know mm-hmm. the details. and uh, the possibility of moving into a co-defensive coordinator position is there. even though he was the, he was named recently as the passing game coordinator for Kentucky. Uh, you got to realize Klink was the defensive coordinator at Cincinnati prior to coming to Kentucky right so right. He has experience as a coordinator. Um, But if you if you take a step back and look at Michigan as a program under Jim Harbaugh, uh, you know they were two and four a year ago. So Kentucky and Michigan are the trajectory of each of them is different. Kentucky is is very much trending upwards. Michigan, not so much. Uh, Harbaugh is zero and five, I think, against Ohio State. He's one and four against Michigan State. One and eight against ranked opponents and uh you know that that's not very good in ann arbor so his seat even though he signed the contract extension probably reworked that in some manner uh his seat is a little bit warm so the stability uh, of the move to michigan for clink is not there as far as the head coach is concerned because right. as we as we all know mark Stoots is locked in at kentucky i mean he is there can he is their guy at uk so uh that 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 seems kind of odd uh, Michigan is a great logo, and that's about it right now, to yeah. be quite honest
1: with you. The the one thing I would say, though, Freddie, uh, and you alluded to it at some point, uh, but I do think that mobility outweighs stability in that the guy he's replacing wasn't even on Michigan staff for three months. Yeah. He he got hired and then immediately got the Buffalo head coaching job. X hires X Michigan or insert school name here hires X Michigan assistant coach. I feel like that's something that happens quite a bit and yeah. being a part of a name brand is a uh, is an easy sell at another school. So it, he as you're climbing up the coaching ladder, that's an easy place to jump from one step to the next and to be frank, it's almost I, I don't – it's almost like he maxed out what he could do at Kentucky. Uh, he did great. He did about everything you could ask for, uh, not only recruiting-wise from the state of Michigan, but also developing UK's pass defense. But, uh, you know, Stoops has done a good job promoting from within, but it feels like yeah. Summerall is next in line if White gets a head coaching job elsewhere. Uh, and that, you know, kind of league's quink scale – Without anywhere to go, so for the five years he gave, that's a long time for an assistant. You got to yeah. thank for his contributions um, because Absolutely. he did do a bang up job at Kentucky. Friday.
0: did a great job.
1: Did a great job. He did, did a great
0: Expectations. Job. Yeah, you know Kentucky is a player development program. Uh, many, um, you know, can the Mark Stoops roster is not filled with four and five star players, yet Kentucky has gotten the results from those players in areas with heavy influence from Steve Klingscale. Look at the pass defense. The last two years, Kentucky's led the SEC in pass defense. 2019, uh, UK allowed 167 yards per game, which was first in the SEC. And then last year, 224 yards, which was first in the SEC. Uh, so that is a direct result of Steve Klingscale's impact and development of those players. He's put four DBs in the NFL in the last three years. Mike Edwards won a Super Bowl – excuse me – won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, Lonnie Johnson with Houston, Kelvin Joseph this last year drafted to the Cowboys, Brandon Echols to the Jets. So great job there by Clint. Kentucky also led the SEC uh, in interceptions in 2020 with 16. Mm-hmm. But an interesting breakdown, Nick, If you if you dive deeper into that number – the DBs had eight or half of those interceptions. The linebackers had six. The defensive line had two. So uh, that is a that is an interesting number to me. Uh, but overall, recruiting development, recruiting with Marquon McCall out of Michigan, uh, Justin Rogers, DeAndre Square off from Michigan, Jeremy Flax from Michigan and junior college, and the Wade Twins out of Nashville. It was good to see that the Wade Twins. Uh, said yesterday via social media that that they're you know I paraphrase that they're committed to the to Kentucky not a person not not yeah. to scale. so well, that's good. Clean scale
1: wasn't the only one recruiting them too, Freddie.
0: No, that was good. Uh, with 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 the with the Wade twins, you had Leon Cohen and Brad White both as co-coordinators or not sorry, co-coordinators, as co-recruiters. So mm-hmm. um, I think that that the Wade twins are still solid with Kentucky, which is a very good thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, And I I think what you're going to see, too, Freddie, is Kentucky, I don't think they're going to just try to find somebody to compete with Clink at Michigan. That seems silly. Uh, For Clink. it seems like a a good move. Hey, if I can recruit Michigan guys at Kentucky, then it should be easy to do that in Michigan. So I understand it from that perspective. And from Kentucky's, to fill that void, he got a lot of – he didn't. It wasn't. It was. A, it was a quality over quantity. Where, uh, you know, Vince Merrill gets a lot of guys from Kentucky and from Ohio. Quink would get what two to five a class, maybe. But yeah. they're all big time players. DeAndre Square yeah. played a ton of football at Kentucky. Justin Rogers, Marquand McCall, Jeremy Flax. He's in the line for a starting spot this year. DeAndre Buford, Ernest Sanders. Those were some highly touted guys. For Kentucky, they just. I, I think this is. All right, John Summerall, take the gloves off, go get some big dogs. Um because you've got to fi- be able to still find that quality elsewhere.
0: Absolutely. And and, and Summerall has, has done a great job recruiting the south. Uh, we see Anwar Stewart now picking up in the Atlanta area, doing a, doing a good job there. He's uh, got a, Vince Mara. Yeah, he's this, he's got a great area to recruit from.
1: Yeah. And uh, a- Anwar, it's his time to all right, well, we lost one. All right, Anwar, go get us some
0: Yeah, and I think I think he is uh he is poised uh to do so, especially in a, in an area that produces so many pros in Atlanta. Uh you know, absolutely Anwar is is ready to step up, but there's other coaches on that staff uh, that are going to have to to fill that void left, especially in recruiting with clean scale gone. Uh, and we'll see how Kentucky uh, works that strategy of, of where where do they focus. Is less focus now going to be off of Michigan and, and put that elsewhere? We'll see. I think the Atlanta area and Georgia with uh, with two guys, the two two coaches in, in Georgia with Sumrall and Amwar Stewart, I think that could become more of a focus. So that's something to, to keep our eyes on uh, going forward. Replacing scale, like you said, uh, Kentucky. Mark Stoops has nailed his most recent defensive hires. If if you look at Brad yeah. White, if you look at John Sumrall and Stewart. Those are those are quality hires. And then Frank Baffano was hired from the support staff to move into that safeties coach, uh, coach the safeties. But Frank had 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 vast coaching experience before going to the staff role at Kentucky. Been with Stoops a long time, and I think. As we look at the strength of the Kentucky team, you obviously have to look at the safeties and nickel positions. And those that that's coached by Frank Buffano. So I think that that Frank has has uh, has developed into a quality hire for Mark Stoops. And, and Mark Stoops himself coaches the DB. So I don't think there's going to be an immediate, okay, we got to hire somebody now uh, because of Frank's development as, as a safeties coach. Mark Stoops himself coaching. Uh, the DBs so it could be another hire from within and then that's something to look at or Mm -hmm. it could be a okay we're going to do a national search we're going he's going to take his time because Stoops never uh, if you look at it is never in a hurry to hire he takes his time he he analyzes the situation and he finds the best fit for the culture of that program so it could take a while and uh, but I, I think that that he will fill that role with someone in, in recent history of hiring is going to be uh, be able to develop those corners. Because if you look at it, not only is Kentucky missing um, the development of, of all those uh, those four pro players of recruiting that Klink did, he's got two – well, actually, Kentucky has one new starting corner, and that's going to be Carrington-Valentine most likely. Yeah, Dor- Cedric gets- Dort started a year. People right. forget about that. He was he was the starting corner in 2019, so he has a year of starts under his belt. He's played a lot of football, but you're going to you you you're, whoever is that cornerbacks coach is going to have to develop two new starters at that position, and that's significant.
1: No, it, it certainly is. Uh, but both guys, like you said, have played a decent amount. And here's the thing, too, Freddie. Like we've seen Kentucky football practices, whoever they get, Mark Stoops is going to be with those DBs whenever they're working out in individuals. That's that's what Stoops does. So I think you can have some confidence that hell, even if this guy is a home run right away, Stoops is going to make sure that the DBs are in check. So uh, I do think he'll want to get something done before June, just because the recruiting period is going to be open back up then. And, you know if you're going to be recruiting defensive backs or anybody of that nature you, you want to have your staff intact. Be like hey, this yeah. is what you're going to play for. This is you're going to get to know. So and it's just a matter of I mean that's something you just want to have finished over with Yeah. so you can move on and focus all of your attention on the recruiting in the month of June.
0: Absolutely and in, in fall camp uh, you know it's it's coming it's coming it, it's moving closer and closer by the day. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how 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 Mark Stevens fills that role. Speaking of defensive back, Kentucky got a commitment from Alex Afari, uh, Lakota West athlete slash DB, four-star player, 6'2", 195. He certainly fits the bill of what Kentucky's looking at from the measurable standpoint at the position. Uh, I think uh, Afari, Afari is a big-time player pickup up for Vince Merrill and Kentucky. Uh, he, he reminds folks of Lonnie Johnson, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big, strong, athletic, uh, twitchy cornerback or, or DB. He could play corner. He could play safety. Uh, who knows? He could end up playing linebacker. There's there's so much, so many things that Brad White could do with an athlete like Afari. Uh, I think he is a big, big time pickup for Kentucky and a significant commitment uh, uh, for that position room. So uh, Vince Merrill lands another one, Nick. So he continues to do what he does.
1: Yeah, I don't anticipate uh, him being a – we're going to be a day-one starter kind of guy. But I do think that he's going to be a – two or three years down the road be like, oh, I forgot about him. He's got He's got some tools. And if you get the right coaching – can really blossom into to an impact player because he he does have the the physical tools to be uh like you said like alani johnson in the Southeastern yeah. conference
0: yeah because lonnie you know played corner now he's playing safety in the nfl some so uh he is that versatile defensive back that can play many roles he could play nickel he could he could move him down in the box against the run there's so many different things that you could do uh with an athlete like Afari. so a significant pickup for Kentucky. Uh, I wrote a series, Nick, on the website, replacing, Mm -hmm. you fill in the blank, all the NFL guys and and Steve Klinkscale. Um, I thought we could go in in the last segment of this podcast and rank the level of difficulty of replacing the Kentucky players that that have moved on to the NFL. Okay, So, First being the most difficult, I think replacing, obviously, Jamin Davis is, is my number one uh, difficulty level of, of Kentucky replacing will be Jamin Davis. Yeah. yeah. Here's why. Because that Mike Linebacker position uh, has to be filled with a, with a dude, with a, with a straight-up playmaker. You had Jamin Davis. You had Chris Oates before him. Uh, just two dynamic playmakers. Athletes could run to the football, make tackles. Uh Jamin Davis with three interceptions a year ago. I meant just do it all linebackers. I think I think it's an easy easy choice for me that Jamin Davis would be the most difficult to replace for Kentucky.
1: Yeah, there there's there's no doubt about that. Especially when you consider some of these, you got to realize what's also on the roster ready to yeah. rock, rock and roll. Yeah, and that's what. Jared Jackson, you know he 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 was well on his way too, and then he went goes and gets injured in spring practice too, so it makes it even more difficult. Uh, I will just add, unrelated, schedule came out today. Davis gets to play against his favorite team growing up in the first week of the season, first NFL game against the Chargers. And uh, oh wow, he grew up cheering for uh, Ladainian Thompson LT, back in the
0: day. So, <laughs> how about cool. a, how about yeah, Jamin's first uh, game out of the block facing the chargers and, and Justin Herbert. That that's gonna be a challenge yeah. for him. Uh, uh going against that quarterback.
1: Challenge. Steelers play the Bills week one. Yeah. Oh
0: Lord. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah mm. I'm I'm a little concerned about my Steelers to be quite honest with you. Which segment might be your Bills by then. <laughs> could be. Could be which segues into uh you know my number two most difficult player to replace uh, was not drafted, but an unsigned free agent Boogie Watson uh, is my number two most difficult player to replace because, you know, Boogie played in nearly 50 games, 29 starts, 28 and a half uh, uh, tackles for loss, 18 and a half quarterback sacks, very active, very consistent uh, defender, played both sides or played both outside linebacker roles to me. Of all the players that Kentucky lost this year, Boogie Watson is the second most difficult to replace Nick.
1: And even if you don't see just, if you didn't just see the production last year and the sack column last year, it, he sprayed the board. Yeah. he <laughs> did. A lot of stats and without, I mean, the name of the game in football is quarterback playing, getting pressure on the quarterback and, uh jordan wright has done it at times he hasn't been consistent you need that consistency from the edge position and finding somebody to fill boogie Watson's shoes jj weaver showed a lot of promises as a fr- as a true freshman and a redshirt freshman but coming back off that injury you're gonna be asking a lot of them so uh that's that's like you said freddie i you it's it's crazy that we haven't mentioned the best center in uk history yet but yeah that, that That's how big those guys played for UK, and that's how tough it is when we find somebody to replicate yeah. that kind of production.
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, for me, Jamin, one Boogie Watson, two, and you, you segue it again. Three is Drake Jackson, uh, free un, undrafted free agent, uh, contract with the Lions. Uh, how Kentucky replaces Drake Jackson most likely is going to be Quentin Wilson, uh, who played. Meaningful snaps at guard last year has been Drake's backup. He has gotten to watch Jackson uh, uh, call the offensive line adjustments. He has gotten to see how Drake went about his business. Uh, but also Kentucky is experimenting, you know, with with depth at that position. So Quentin Wilson most likely will be your starter. Mm-hmm. But Luke Fortner has played some guard. Uh, Eli Cox has played some guard. I think they're just moving people around that offensive line, but replacing Drake Jackson is, is the yeah. third most difficult ta- challenge that I see for Kentucky in 2021.
1: Well, last time we did this and you had to replace John Toth, those first few games of the season, when we had snapping issues. It, I mean, it's the same thing with uh, like your long snapper issue or just yeah. any sort of, you don't realize what you got until you don't have it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and when we heard snapping issues, I think we anticipated some of it because they were going under center in addition to having a new center. But if snapping issues are a problem, we're we're losing whatever hair we have left. And when I say we, yeah. I mean me.
0: <laughs> so I, I find it ironic, <laughs> Nick, that we, as we look at who Kentucky loses going into 2021, two of the top three were not drafted. We're unsigned free agents. So – with Boogie Watson and Drake Jackson. I find that uh, a little ironic, but uh, that's how I see it. Number four, uh, I'm going to probably go different than you on this one. Okay. I'm going to say that the fourth most difficult player for Kentucky to replace is Phil Hoskins, Ooh. defensive tackle. Uh, Phil, Phil's played a lot of football and, and uh, I was vindicated when, when Phil got drafted because I've been saying he was a pro for years and, and at times it didn't look that way. At times it did. But Phil's one of those guys that when you when when, when we watch this team actually get on the field, is going to be missed, uh, especially with his height, with his length. At 6'5", 312 pounds, athletic defensive tackle, obviously since he was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Uh, they saw that in him. Uh, but Phil did a lot of things that were not on the stat sheet. He, he he provided interior pressure for the quarterback. He got those long arms up in the passing mm-hmm. lane. He was solid against the run. So uh, it may not jump off of what Phil did on the stat sheet, uh, but I think he is going to be hard to replace because, uh, again, Kentucky does not have length now on that defensive line. Uh, Phil Hoskins at 6'5", Quentin Bohanna at 6'5", don't have that now so phil hoskins is, is my number four most difficult player to replace going into 2021
1: you know what freddie i can agree with you just because it goes back to putting pressure on the quarterback and even if he didn't get home a lot he was still there causing Aaron throws that often left interceptions uh you know yeah. 16 led the sec last year so yeah I, i'm with you freddie now i I would I in a normal year I would say the same thing about the guy he was lined up next to in Quentin Bohanna. But the thing is bully's pretty darn good. And they were yeah. I, you normally don't find noses that are that explosive, but like somehow UK is just absolutely stacked at that position from McCall yeah. to Rogers to, yeah. to si Hayes. But they they're actually loaded at that spot. So I'm not gonna say that Bohanna is next.
0: Right. No, I'm gonna go with uh with Kelvin Joseph is next, mm-hmm. uh, due to the fact that Carrington Valentine has what three starts as a career, yeah, has three career starts, so not a lot of experience, but he did play well uh, in the uh, in the Gator Bowl, six tackles, a force fumble, and, and from all accounts, that staff is really high on Carrington Valentine, uh, but Kelvin Joseph, he, here's, here's why I have him at this position at this spot in our list because of production four interceptions that's mm-hmm. hard to replace yeah uh plus carrington valentine is, is is somewhat inexperienced and needs development that's why we we circle back to the to the uh who's going to replace Klinkscale. scale but i have kelvin joseph next and uh i think he's going to be difficult to replace just like all these all these guys but uh that's who i have next is uh bossman fatnick
1: old boss man fat who could he's his first game of the year is gonna be against tom brady in the super <laughs> bowl champs how crazy nice. would it be if, if we got a tennessee replication and we get boss man housing brady going pick yeah. 6 that'd be pretty yeah
0: cool. how about that that would be cool do
1: you know brady almost set the record for most consecutive games with the pick six last year he was really close to it he had yeah. three i think the record's four
0: that's yeah that's something uh yeah going against the goat in your first time out but uh what do you think of that pick
1: no no you're you're spot on because as much as he could have been a headache at times and as confident as we are about carrington valentine four interceptions four interceptions hadn't been done at uk in a decade and he did it in nine games like that's right it speaks for itself Um, now i I, i'm not sure where you're going to go next though but i would probably be inclined to go to special teams and pick the best punter who ever punted punts in the history of punting footballs.
0: Well, Nick, you kind of nailed it. That's where i I'm did going next. Oh, yeah.
1: man. I thought you might stick with the corners and stay with Eccles.
0: No, no. I'm going with Max Duffy. But the reason I have Max so low on this list is not because that I pretend to know the ins and outs and the, and the fundamentals of punting, even though I was a career backup punter. Did yeah. You know that, Nick. Yeah, you did. You do one career punt? Is that correct? One career punt, a bunch of quick kicks. Ah. I did, yeah. But oh,
1: the old quick kick.
0: <laughs> but but you know, I've, I've told this story before and, uh, on this podcast. Is the only time I was ever scared on a football field. The one one time is when I had to punt against Mississippi State. That is a scary proposition for me. I don't know why. You know, because I got the crap kicked out of me for years, and I was used to getting hit and being pressured and all that. But uh, going out there, you're and,
1: out and, on and, an and island, catching
0: the ball—I bu- don't know what it was. I, it freaked me out. I mean, I, I caught it and kicked it as quick. I think it went like thirty yards. I don't know, but uh, it freaked me out. So yeah, that, Freddy, that's a tough position, man. I
1: need you to do. I need you to try to explain this for me because I've never understood why it was a thing, and it really was only a thing like in the you know late '80s, early '90s. What, what what was the strategy and the thinking behind the quick kick?
0: Uh, well, that uh, you put the quarterback in shotgun formation, so the defense does doesn't know that you're going to punt. Right. There's Start nobody. Down. There's nobody. There's nobody back deep. And in all seriousness, they taught us to catch and then punt to a spot to go out of bounds. So we wasn't looking for distance; we were looking for for a spot. So we're trying to pin the defense back. And uh so that that's what we did. We just try we try to kick it towards the corner, uh, you know, probably about the 10 and let whatever happens when the ball hits. But yeah, I did that a bunch.
1: So Gosh, and I I hate it so much because you're just I giving up too. a you're giving up a down. Now I, I it, like we we I so, did too.
0: But oh. you think about it, if you're a quarterback, you'd much rather do that and just chunk one down well no just chunk it downfield because most likely be intercepted get an arm and that looks bad on
1: you yeah Uh, yeah but i as a fan i'd rather see an arm pick than just waving the white flag on third down gosh that it we we did do the there was value i i my high school punter he actually was a Louisville's punter uh, on their sugar bowl team he was our quarterback so we would line up in shotgun on like fourth and three and then he'd kick it and it'd roll you know he had a 64 yard punt just because nobody was back yeah. there so I see some value in it but like Man, the just giving up on third down is the part, spot that kills me. I could see on fourth and short, and you want to make them think you're going for it, but not not just waving the towel on third down. That <laughs> that, that would incense me. But no, I yeah. I digress. Back back to the, the the rankings.
0: Yeah. So I have Max uh, next. I'm going back to corner Brandon Eccles. Uh, reason he's low is, is again is not a reflection on him. But I do think with Cedric Dort having that year as a starter in the number one pass defense in the SEC, that proves that has merit to me. And and I like experience at that position. Uh, So Brandon Echols is next for me. Brandon had a good career at Kentucky, obviously, which translated to him being drafted by the Jets. Uh, 24 games, 22 starts. Uh, Was consistent. Didn't have a high number. Excuse me of interceptions uh but was consistent at that position great tackler excellent tackler against the run uh but having cedric Dort there to step into that role that's why i have him where i where i have him listed
1: yeah and i would uh i i I would maybe even now that in clink's absence maybe even consider bumping him up even more but yeah um i did see they they already had the jets already had the rookie minicamp You were good in the the old Gotham did. green as they call it which is <laughs> a cool did. that is a pretty cool the jets are bad at everything but gotham green is a very cool nickname
0: yeah i i like the older jets <clears throat> uniforms with the, uh yeah. with the little circle on their helmets and the oh, white you, helmets
1: you like the circle see yeah. i grew up in the uh where they had the line and it was like vinnie Testaverdi. Yeah, they, they went back to the circle. I think with Chad Pennington. I like Chad Pennington too. Yeah. That was my, uh, that was my practice jersey when I played Pee Wee football. It was a, you know, adult extra large size Chad Pennington jersey on you know <laughs> a little eight year old kid.
0: <laughs> Chad Pennington, a, a fellow Versailles person. So yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Sayer is that right? He coaches a Sayer.
0: He does. He does. Great guy, by the way you know they, they mentioned guy.
1: him Feldman mentioned him for the the Marshall job when it came open oh did he <laughs> which is like I don't know if he's gonna take that job but you know <laughs> that's kinda right. cool
0: well next I have Quentin Bohanna and I have him lower on the list because you talked about it earlier not uh I mean I think Quentin Bohanna is a, fan, a fantastic uh he's a pro obviously and, and I think the world of Quentin uh off the field as well. But uh, the reason I have him listed down in, in on this is because of what you talked about earlier. Marquan McCall and Justin Rogers are two uh, two uh, very good football players that are ready to to take more snaps with Quentin's absence. Uh, so I, that's why I have him down here. I think Marquan uh, understands that this is a contract year, per se, for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, for him going to the NFL, it's very important for him uh, to have a big year, to play more snaps, to get himself in shape, uh, to be more consistent, and then I think Justin Rogers, uh, we've seen flashes from him uh, to be that next guy. So I think Kentucky, Nick, and quite uh, to be honest, has I think Kentucky you could look at three consecutive nose tackles to to get drafted and to play at a high level for Brad White in that defense. So Quentin Bohanna's next for me.
1: Yeah, and. I'll just put a bow on it because, I mean, same thing applies for Landon Young because Darian Kennard is potentially a first-round pick next year. So, it's like, you know, no offense, Landon, you were great, you know, four-year starter, former five-star recruit, started a gajillion games, but, you know, Darian Kennard's really good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, again, segues right into my next uh, pick as far as uh, difficulty in replacing is Landon Young. And that's not, again, that's nothing against Landon. Landon was a multi-year, all-SEC player now in New Orleans uh, playing for the Saints. Uh, So very rarely do you replace an all-SEC left tackle with an all-American right tackle. Yeah. And and that's what Kentucky's doing here by moving Darren Kennard from right to left. uh, That will help his draft stock. uh, uh, Being Kennard will help his draft stock. And and I think uh, I think you see a, a high level continuing at that left tackle position and much like like nose tackle, Nick. I think you could see Kentucky starting with Landon Young, you could see three consecutive left tackles go on to play in the NFL. Landon Young, Darren Kennard, and then if if the trajectory stays on pass,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Keontae Goodwin.
1: So yeah, pretty good.
0: Uh pretty good that that's that's a good uh uh three uh level left tackle that Kentucky's going to have so Landon Young's my next pick
1: I like it I like it Freddie.
0: Mm. And then uh the uh, after Landon I'm going to go AJ Rose but with a caveat okay I don't think I think AJ Rose is highly underappreciated I understand that fans got mad at the, at the Ole Miss situation when he threw the, threw the hands, the deuces up before Mm -hmm. and got caught. I understand that. I understand the frustration with Chris Rodriguez not having a high number of carries, but AJ Rose finished his career in the top, as the 10th ranked running back in the history of the program, as far as yards. All right. Think of Kentucky football. What positions do you think of? You think of running back and you think of linebacker.
1: And punters. Are
0: there, are, and punters. <laughs> but but, but yeah. seriously, it, th- those those two positions have produced a lot of pros. Those p- two positions have produced a lot of historically great players in Kentucky history. For A.J. Rose to leave, ranked 10th in all, all-time rushing yards, and a number that I'm going to point to that will be missed is A.J. Rose averaged 5.8 yards per carry for a career. That is third in the history of Kentucky football. That's a lot of production to replace. Yeah. yeah. I, I understand. I understand that 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 that, that people have issues with, with the Ole Miss game. I get it. But I think A.J. Rose is vastly underrated and underappreciated in his spot in Kentucky football history. Well, uh, and, and, and and but not with me i i, re, I respect aj rose and i respect the, and i appreciate the career that he had as a wildcat
1: and freddie i think it's just the victim of who he was surrounded by chris roder benny, benny snell's all-time leading rusher they came in the same class and then chris rodriguez has emerged as being one of the best ever too it's, it's like the guys in the 80s uh like Mark yeah. Wogan gets overshadowed by Mark Higgs yeah, and George Adams, you know, like, but yeah. he was a very good running back in his own right. Some of it's just yeah. a product of your surroundings.
0: Yeah. I mean, you had Mark Wogan, Mark Higgs, Ivy Joe Hunter, mm-hmm. uh, Alfred Rawls, Al Baker, Terry Samuels, Andy Murray. I could go on and on uh, because those are my teammates. <laughs> you know, I, I totally understand it. But, mm-hmm. you know, the 10th leading rusher in program history, Regardless of what what folks may think, is going to be missed. However, as far as roster management, you have Chris Rodriguez Jr., you have Cavassier, Smoke, you Tom have Juton McLean, yeah. yeah,
1: and Lavelle Wright, man, he sounds like he Listen, he's done some stuff too. So, Lavell
0: that- Wright is going to take off at Kentucky. It may not be this year because the need won't be there, the carries won't be there. Mm -hmm. But as he evolves in this football program, Lavelle Wright, I think is in line to be one of those in-state running backs that has a great career at Kentucky, like Mark Higgs, like Artus Penner, uh, like Mark Logan, (laughs) George Adams. I mean, I'm not comparing them to those guys yet because I've not seen him play at the college setting yet, but folks are really, really high on Lavelle Wright. But, Going back to A.J. Rose, underappreciated, undervalued, uh, but I think he's going to be missed.
1: No, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Freddie. Um, just like Steve Klinkscale will be missed. We'll we'll see how that situation unfolds in the coming weeks, uh, but there's no doubt that that's a, that's a huge loss from Kentucky's coaching staff.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, we're going to finish this thing up with a shout-out uh, to Lindsey Wilson football, your national. That was awesome. Yeah. That was great.
1: I had some close friends who were on the early teams at Lindsey Wilson when they first resurrected the program after 75 years of not playing football. They brought it back in 2010 and it only took them a decade to get to the top of the mountaintop. Like that's awesome. Good job. guys!
0: Absolutely. Great job. The state of Kentucky is proud of Lindsey Wilson football, uh, brings back a national championship. You know, if you travel down that road, is that the West Kentucky Parkway, or is that 16th? it's? It's
1: a different one. I forget what they call it. Uh,
0: you can see the stadium off the road. Yeah, right? yeah,
1: I know. Which, I know the road because because didn't they want to make it like an interstate? Something like it was going to be an I, I something. but
0: I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But Either way, I know that road. It's times. a cool
1: stadium. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's a great stadium. They did it the right way. They built the facility, and then recruited the players. That, that roster is filled with Kentucky. Uh, players that, that played high school in the state of kentucky so and they dominated off, too, man. Job. they kicked no, the crap they,
1: out of their opponents
0: <laughs> there, there was no doubt they left no yeah, doubt I mean, right they won a championship i think 45 to 13 <laughs> uh, beat northwestern uh thir- 45 to 13 so great job lindsey wilson mm-hmm. uh we're proud of you we're happy for you and and you did us proud so very very proud of of lindsey wilson winning a national championship so
1: yep uh i mean that's that's it i think that's all we got we got we got to listen to vince merrill coming up that's what i'm about ready yeah to we on got it
0: yeah Liam Cohen will be
1: on there friday too so uh we got plenty of football talk happening this week a new yeah, we personnel do. came out there's plenty of football talk i get a bad bit to get you through the week so football never stops Absolutely. in the bluegrass freddie
0: never stops uh, this podcast is made possible by our friends at LA Coatings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate them. We're going to have a special announcement with LA Coatings next week and uh, something that, that's near and dear to our hearts, but we sure do appreciate them being a part of this podcast. We thank you for listening. We thank you uh, for being a part of a part of this podcast. Uh, hopefully you'll tell your friends and you'll download whatever else you got to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Since
0: I got these new ear pods, I can, i'm I'm all techie now so you know i'm i've joined the 21st century so you made it uh, thank you did it i've made it well thanks nick i appreciate it and uh, have a great week my man
1: you too freddie go cats all right buddy